Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, and I am joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you doing? Doing well. And Doug Maurice joins us as well. Doug, how are you? I am average. <laughs> Aren't we all right now? Okay. Uh, it is Texter Tuesday. So we put out the call for our Football Insider subscribers to text us their questions as we do every Tuesday. So uh, let's get right to it. And let's start right off the top with a topic everybody loves to talk about, and that, of course, is Baker Mayfield. So this one comes from the 567 area code. And the question is, does Baker Mayfield have to make it to the Pro Bowl to save his job? I feel like we've talked about Baker Mayfield a lot. I don't think we've put the stakes quite that high for him. Does he have to make it to the Pro Bowl to save his job? But it leads into that discussion. What do we need to see from Baker to feel confident about him? Mary Kay? You know what? I don't think he has to make the Pro Bowl to save his job. I don't think that that, you know, should be a prerequisite. I think he has to show uh, that he can lead this team, that he can win games, that he can throw touchdown passes more than interceptions, uh, and that uh, hopefully for the Browns, he's guiding this team uh, to the playoffs this year. It's time for them to make the playoffs, even just as a wild card. Uh, So for me, that's the criteria, to have a winning season, and to make it to the playoffs. Now, I don't think he should lose his job if he doesn't do that. Uh, but that that's kind of where the bar should be set this year. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a loaded question because it does include the phrase lose his job. And I think we talked about this a little bit on, on the Zoom call we did with our insiders a few weeks ago about kind of Baker's job security. Let me uh, get to the list of Pro Bowl Browns quarterbacks here. Let me uh, see this long list that we're suddenly going to hold Baker Mayfield to. You have time? What are we talking about? Derek Anderson in 2007, Bernie. Listen, man, how do we go from a how do we go from a city that was begging for competence at quarterback to be like, well, you know, if you don't make the Pro Bowl in year three, you're out. I I, <laughs> I don't I don't know where people's heads are. Like, yes. Yes, you would like him to have a really good season. Um, but as, as we've talked about, we're, I think the Browns, we all know they're invested like in this young core, right? And you try to win when you're young because then the young guys, when they're good, they get expensive. But Baker is the young core, right? So like you wait, you wait for Baker as long as you have to wait, right? As long as there's still hope. So um, uh, I can't. I cannot – the Pro Bowl threshold for Browns quarterbacks to keep their jobs, I mean, they wouldn't have had a quarterback for the last two decades. So I can't imagine all of a sudden that's the threshold now. Well, to be fair, they haven't had a quarterback for the, for the last <laughs> two sure. decades. But that, that being said, you are right. I mean, the, the Pro Bowl, um, you know, I, you, you can list the guys that are probably going to make it this year, and you'd like to see him start to, you know, be right in that discussion with those guys. But does he have to get there? 
I don't think so. And you look at like kind of league-wide precedent. Uh, you know, even a guy like Jameis Winston, who's no longer in Tampa, he's still got his full five years there. And Marcus Mariota, uh, he didn't get replaced until that fifth year when Ryan Tannehill showed up and they took a flyer on him in Tennessee. So for the most part, a guy that gets picked high in the draft, especially that high in the draft, and, and those were, uh, you know, the one and two picks in, in that year, those guys get time and those guys get a leash. Even if they struggle a little bit, even if you're not completely sure on that guy, they, they tend to get that leash and they should get that leash because you've made a significant investment in them. I still think with everything that Baker has going on this season, that if he doesn't succeed this year, and again, uh, there's a caveat this year in that they didn't have an off season and we have no idea what's going to happen yet with training camp. Although they're going to try to get it started on time. So, you know, I'm saying this based on the fact that there's going to be a training camp and a preseason. If there are those things, he is really set up to flourish and succeed this season. And if he doesn't this season, uh, then I think there's something to start to be a little concerned about because to have that offensive line, to have those tackles, to have that supporting cast, to have the running game and to have a much better defense. Uh, I really think that, uh, you know, you've got to see clear cut signs that he's going to be really good this year or something's wrong. Or what? Or you have to think, or you have to think about, the future you have to at least think about it but what does that mean like what what is the tangible effect does that mean you think there's training camp competition in year four it mean to me it would mean that you pick up the fifth year option i mean if he really struggles this year you pick up the fifth year option and give him another chance to, sh to show that he deserves to be a 30 million dollar man right which means he doesn't have to be a pro bowler this year because he'll get year four yeah yeah I, right i, I, I mean if that's in year four, again, let's rerun these questions for year four. Year three with a first-year coach, I cannot – it blows my mind. It blows my mind that people are trying to, like are, – are, like, the make-or-break phraseology that some people have around year three of Baker Mayfield with a first-year head coach. And Mary Kay, you said it's a caveat. It's a giant caveat. The world is upside down. We, they might not even practice the whole year. They don't see each other. Everything's on computers. It's a built-in excuse. You know, again, it'd be great for him to be awesome. But, yeah, Pro Bowl in year three. Woo! I, 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 just, mean, I, I think we're all in agreement, right? The answer to the question is no. Correct. Um, yes. I, think the, I, I, do, I do think a question, though, and I think this bodes well for Baker, is would either of you be – surprised if he made the Pro Bowl this year I mean I'm not saying I expect it necessarily or that that's my standard but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of the year and we're like oh yeah Baker belongs in that discussion with yeah I mean Deshaun Watson is a, is a Pro Bowler right you know Baker belongs in, in that type of discussion with with a player like that I don't think it, would either of you be surprised no I mean I wouldn't be surprised because uh, when you plug quarterbacks, good quarterbacks into this system, they fare very well. They throw a lot of touchdown passes. They don't throw many interceptions. Their numbers are really, really good. Uh, it's well documented. Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. And a lot of times those guys end up making the Pro Bowl. So I wouldn't be surprised. No, I, th I think it's right there. And again, I think if you want to, you can go back and look at the, the throws Baker made last year. And yeah, he had some bad plays for sure. But he, I mean, it, you don't have to go too far into the film to find throws this guy makes where you're like, oh, yeah, 
that. Oh, oh, he ripped that. Oh, look at, you know, like you can see what's there. And so, yeah, I mean, that's um, top end of Baker. Whenever top end of Baker shows up, year three, year four, never, every year for the next 10 years, whenever, top end of Baker, I do think is a Pro Bowl quarterback, right? I mean, is a Pro Bowl playoff quarterback. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Let's not hold every quarterback in the league to the Patrick Mahomes threshold. But like winning consistent one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the AFC for sure. Yeah, that's I think what top end Baker Mayfield is. Okay, let's move on to uh, another question. This is another name that has been coming up over and over and over again from the 512 area code. Uh, any chance Jadavian Clowney doesn't want to be the quote other guy with Miles in the lineup. Mary Kay, you've done a lot of work on Jadavian Clowney ever since those rumors have, have been circulating. And, uh, you know, there's, of course, the reports that Cleveland offered him the most money, he didn't take it, and, and all of this, he's still floating out there. Do you think Miles Garrett's presence as the guy on that line would deter him from coming here? Because I think most of what we've talked about is uh, who wouldn't want to play across from Miles? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's it at all. I think more so than anything, he probably had his heart set on either going back to Seattle or per perhaps being reunited in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel. I don't think the Cleveland Browns are his first choice for a number of reasons, but I don't think it has to do with Miles Garrett. They share the same agent. I'm sure that they've had uh, you know, some dealings with each other, and I think that they would bring out the best in each other. I think they could flourish and thrive together as bookend former number one overall picks on that defense. So I don't think that's it. That, that, that wouldn't make sense to me. I mean, it's like, again, I would rather play with a great player. So I, I can't imagine that would factor in. I will say, I mean, like in the end, America, you've done more reporting on this than anybody in the country that at some point, if you're begging a guy to come, do you even want him? Like, do you, do, would the Browns want a Jadavion Clowney who's like, uh, fine, I'll take your money. Months later, there's nowhere else to go. Give me $17 million. I guess I'll come play across from Miles Garrett. Is, do you want that guy? Yeah. Is that, is that kind of guy going to have a productive season? Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. I, there is a perception that the Browns are, you know, picking up the phone every day and calling Jadavian Clowney and saying, come to Cleveland, come to Cleveland. And he's on the other end saying, no, I will not do this. But that's really not what's happening. They put some numbers out there. The numbers are competitive. The one-year deal is very competitive. And the multi-year deal, I believe, is either more than anyone else or at least as much as anyone else. So they put the numbers out there. The agent has those numbers and Jadavian Clowney knows what they are. And then they just have kind of left it alone. And they're, they, just like other teams, are letting him figure out what he wants to do. If you listen to the Titans and the Seahawks, they haven't had any contact with him in the past couple of months either. So he's got some kind of his own thing going on. Nobody really quite knows exactly what that is right now. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, the perception that the Browns are clamoring after him and that he's just completely resisting it is a little bit erroneous. I think that he knows he's got a deal, an offer from them, if he wants it. I'll ask you each this question because I, I was asked it last week um, when, I, when I did Les Levine's show. Is there a deadline in your mind? Do you think the Browns have to have him by a certain time? Or, you know, is it just kind of – I mean, let's say he's here by August 1st, assuming training camp would start on time at the end of July. I mean, that's – 
I feel like that's a position where you can get a guy in and get him up to speed pretty quickly. Well, I think that they have to have him here, uh, you know, before Olivier Vernon's contract becomes guaranteed a week before the season. So in my mind, that is kind of an unofficial deadline to try to get this thing, thing figured out because you're really not going to pay both of those guys 15 or more million dollars a year. They've got to know what's going on. So they, they might have, a, you know, a deadline in their own mind that, hey, the offer comes off the table when camp begins or something like that. I don't know if that's the case, but you know, you can't be stringing along Olivier Vernon and then just kind of like cut him loose at the last minute. That, that really wouldn't be fair to him. Uh, so yeah, I think that, that you kind of want to get this thing figured out by the first week in August. I'll agree with that. That sounds right. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Uh, let's move on to this question. I know this is a question that we get asked all the time, but it just seems like every single week things are changing and on this front and especially, you know, over last week, you know, we're seeing a bunch of college football teams. We're seeing big numbers of players testing positive. Um, and, you know, it, it's starting to throw things into question. So this, this texter is asking from the 915 area code. It says, I'll just be blunt. Is it a pipe dream to think that the 2020 season will happen? Now, much like our first question, um, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of, you know, look, I, I think there's going to be football. I think there's going to be professional football, at least. I just don't know what, what it's going to look like. Um, but I, I still think there's going to be professional football. Uh, but I do think that, that this whole thing and, and players testing positive and having to sit up, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, kind of out of nowhere, uh, I think we're, we're going to see a lot of that this season more than anything. I wish we had answers to these questions. <laughs> They're such difficult questions for everyone. And the last few weeks have not been good for sports when it comes to, to COVID and what's going on. Uh, and, and I just, I, I wish we had better answers for everyone. But the truth of the matter is nobody really knows how it's going to go with football. Uh, football's different than baseball. Obviously, football's different than golf. Football's different than pretty much any other sport in terms of the amount of contact that happens play in and play out. So nobody knows for sure yet. I think that the NFL will get started. I think they will head into it. And I think that they will try to see if they can pull this off. And if 53 guys, you know, are getting COVID and everybody's sick and they're bringing it home to their families, then they're going to have to adapt and adjust to that. But I think they're going to try to make this happen. Yeah. I, I think people are nuts about this. I think if a month ago you thought, yeah, everything's going to be fine. We're playing football 16 games. I think you were crazy. And I think now if it's like, hey, football players are working out and they're testing positive, it's like, what did you think was going to happen? If we had asymptomatic testing around the country, do you know how many positive tests we would have? Do you think the only asymptomatic people, the only people in the country who are asymptomatic positives are college football players? It's the only asymptomatic testing that's taking place in the entire United States is of sports, is of athletes. This is what the world is. And listen, man, the world opened up. The world, we just decided to open the world up. Gyms are open. Restaurants are open. Movie theaters are going to open. And guess what? They are going to be filled with asymptomatic people who have COVID-19, but who are not athletes, so they're not getting tested. So that all of a sudden, like now, it's like, oh man, now you're pessimistic? This what did anybody think the deal was? So we don't know, but I'll tell you what, 
if cases are spiking in Texas and the governor of Texas just had a news conference and they're spiking in Arizona and they're spiking in Florida, like our issue in the fall is not going to be whether there's football or not. The issue is going to be whether society is shut down again. So I just think football is going to go along with what the whole country is doing. And at the moment, we decided to open up. And so guess what? People are testing positive. And if everything gets shut down, football gets shut down with it. If we get through this and it's fine, then we'll have football. But I, I, like, I, to think that football, I think, is going to operate in a separate realm from the rest of society, we just aren't testing anybody. So yes, there are positive tests for athletes, but there are positive tests for journalists and grocery store workers and accountants too. It's just nobody's testing us because nobody cares if we have it. Right. I mean, these, all these people are subjected to testing, you know, on sometimes a daily basis, whatever it is. I do think the NFL, the thing they're going to have going for them is they're going to have a uniform testing policy. So they're going to be able to test people across the board the same way. And it's kind of my impression that's not the case in college sports, right? And then as, as you go down more and more levels, it's going to be even less. So at least the NFL, you know, if they are able to start on time, if they are able to start training camps on time, they're going to have a uniform testing policy. And they are, you know, look, Mary Kay, it feels like this thing is full steam ahead. They want this thing to start. Uh, that, that, what is that, the second week in September? And they want to have football. They want to have fans in the stands. I, I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, but it, it just seems like right now this is full steam ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it really seems like it's headed that way, that they are, are going to to get rolling and, and just see what they can and can't do. And you guys may have seen, you know, some of the protocols that the NFL uh, has, has issued to the teams in terms of Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. Who knows if even any of that is going to work because this changes almost every single day. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just, it's amazing to me uh, to fathom that, that training camp is supposed to start in five weeks and you still have guys like JC Treader coming out on Sirius XM radio recently saying, you know, we just have a lot of hurdles to cross. We've got a lot of obstacles that, that we need to deal with uh, before we can get back to the football field. And, the uh, the hours the uh, the sand is is coming out of the hourglass right now. Yeah, yeah, the NFL has had that calendar in its favor, and and look, Mary Kay, you mentioned it. You know, when when you answered it the first time, I mean that the issue is, it's not so much you know young healthy athletes who are asymptomatic. It's that they would be taking it home and and taking it to places outside of that football facility. That's why the NBA is trying to play in a bubble. That's why baseball is throwing around bubble ideas. Um, those are the things that everyone's trying to prevent. And that's just not, it's just not really possible in football with big rosters and uh, the, the way you have to travel. And of course, just the way that, that the game is played as well. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. We're going to move on to Kevin Stefanski's offense. This is from the three, three Oh area code. We, you know, we've talked so much about how this offense is going to look and how it's run heavy play action based. I think sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. So I'm going to ask this question here. Does Coach Stefanski's offense have a deep threat element to it? If it does, does it use the tight ends, wide receivers, or both in that role? That comes from S.L. Smith in Dallas, Texas, which, by the way, S.L. is not actually the 330 area code. So I feel a little bit <laughs> deceived by that. Um, okay. I, I think, you know, because we've talked about so much how this offense is going to look, we have kind of lost sight of the fact that the Browns have some good deep targets. and kind of look back to what Minnesota did 
there was definitely an element to that offense of pushing the ball down the field, especially with a guy like Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. Uh, and, and if you have some tight ends that can get down the field, you can do some things. Oh, absolutely. There will be a, a deep threat element to, uh, to this offense. And that, that's what happens. I mean, you, you get these guys fighting on the, you know, on the run with play action and it's going to open up uh, all kinds of things. And you get Baker Mayfield out on bootlegs and rollouts and things like that. And that's, one of the places that he really shines. I mean, he can nail it on the run. And so if you can, uh, you know, if you can, this is how you scheme Odell open. This is how you scheme even a Jarvis or an Austin Hooper or David Njoku or anybody like that open is with all the play action and the run game and those kinds of things. So absolutely, there's a deep threat element. They will use it. Baker will take his shots because he's aggressive. He's a gunslinger. And he's not going to always have Odell double covered. Uh, he will find guys open, and he will get the ball to them. I don't know what every route looked like. Quick stat check. Stephon Diggs last year for Minnesota was fourth in the NFL in yards per reception, 17.9. So that guy must have been making some plays down the field. <laughs> yeah, and, and they had guys. Like, that's that's sort of how they made their money, a guy like Diggs. And I just remember that um, that playoff game against the Saints. There were some deep shots there. Uh, including one uh, towards the end in overtime that set up the winning touchdown. Um, that was there, there are some deep plays in this offense, and it's because of that play action. That's when you start to get safeties moving up, and then you can take those shots deep. So uh, this isn't going to just be dink and dunk, you know, and, and obviously, yes, it's based in that West Coast system, but it's not going to be just short, quick stuff all the time. It, they're going to go deep. And frankly, if Baker Mayfield's your quarterback, you've got to let him kind of unleash that arm a little bit. Yeah, and, and he will. He's so aggressive. I mean, he's a, a gunslinger, again, in the mold of a more of like a Brett Favre kind of a person. And uh, he, he's definitely going to let it rip. And I think he's going to have the confidence this year. I, I think he's going to, uh, to throw very aggressively but confidently. I mean, last year, sometimes he just pressed and tried to, you know, throw it up there and kind of hope for the best uh, and see what he could generate and get going. I, I don't see that happening this year. I think he's going to pick his spots, and I think they'll be there. And I think it's going to be a lot better. All right. Uh, we are going to take a break. I'll tell everybody how to get involved in Football Insider so they can be a part of Texter Tuesday. Uh, and then when we come back, we've actually got some non-football questions to ask. So uh, we're going to talk some non-football stuff as well right after this. Let me take a minute to tell you about Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. And the best part is you can text us back and we'll text you directly cutting through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers exclusively for our subscribers, like the virtual draft event we held the week before the draft this year and our virtual event talking all things Baker Mayfield. That included uh, Mary Kay, me, Scott, Douglas Maurice, and Terry Pluto. All of these events that we do they're open only to our football insiders. So if you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insider is $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started. Again, to get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription to Football Insider, text 216-208-3965. Back to our show. 
I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Okay, maybe this is going to be a depressing question. I don't know. It is a uh, it is a non football question. It kind of goes along with the COVID nineteen topic we had before, but we're hitting July, right? And this is a time when the football world, especially in the NFL, kind of shuts down a little bit. Everybody goes their own separate ways. I know uh, we'll we'll kind of be taking some PTO and and things like that over the next month. The question is, with things starting to open up from the 904 area code, anyone have a cool vacation scheduled this summer looking for different ideas? And I've got to tell you, I'm not the guy to ask because I just came off a week of PTO that I spent painting kids' bedrooms. Uh, I'm going to have a couple weeks off in July, and we don't really have any big plans. We're kind of keeping ourselves, keeping ourselves tight and secluded this summer, unlike last year when we went to the beach and all that stuff. But I don't have anything great to offer up. Doug, what, what's going on in the Le Maurice? We canceled our Disney World trip, so I'm sad oh, about that. But that's killer. Uh-huh. We, so we decided we're not, we didn't want to leave the state. So we are going to Buckeye Lake, which Ooh. is about uh, 45 minutes from Columbus down here, but it's not that far. So we went over and actually scouted it out the other day. We had never been there before. So I think we'll be able to dip our toes in the water at least a little bit. I don't know if we can like rent a boat. I don't know if I trust myself driving a boat. So I don't know (laughs) if that's going to happen, but we got a house over there um, just to try to do something a little bit different. But actually I do think, you know, I've lived in Ohio for 15 years now. There are places in Ohio that I have not explored yet. So, you know, we're going to try to hit some state parks and stuff like that. Get to know your state people. This is a wonderful opportunity. Um, to figure out sort of the vacation spots around you that maybe you haven't taken advantage of. So we're going to Buckeye Lake. Get a little creative. I didn't realize that would be such a sore subject, bringing up the, the cancellation of, of the Disney trip. <laughs> you didn't realize cancel. Everyone in the world has had to cancel their vacation plans. I didn't, I didn't realize there there is. I didn't realize yours was a, a Disney trip. See, well, our it's vacations okay. are like last year we went to Ocean City, New Jersey. That's not exactly. I love Ocean City, New Jersey. Great. Let's do a whole podcast about that. Oh, for sure. I'm in. I am all in on that one. Mary Kay, anything? Well, you know what? Things are a little bit up in the air right now, as they are for everyone. But if the Canada-U.S. border opens up, uh, I will be trying to get there to help my daughter move there. She's going to be going to school in Quebec City. I will say this. When the border opens up, if you get an, ever get an opportunity to go to Quebec City, it is absolutely stunning. It is a beautiful, beautiful city. And uh, it's very French, but it's, it's just gorgeous and it's so much fun. Uh, and, you know, you can go whale watching and, and different kinds of things like that. And uh, there's a, a little island that you can go over to. But, you know, just the, the city itself, uh, it just looks, it, it feels like you're in Europe. And uh, again, it, it's all up in the air, depending on when this border opens and, uh, and whether or not we would have to be quarantined for two weeks. That will uh, impact uh, the decision as well. But right now, that's the only thing tentatively planned. Please do not get stuck in Canada because we don't <laughs> want to cover the Browns without you this season. <laughs> I'll try not to. Doug, forget Canada. What's the best part of Ocean City, New Jersey? Oh, the boardwalk and the pizza and the custard and the popcorn. I just eat myself up and down the boardwalk. I don't even care that the beach is there. <laughs> the heck with the ocean. Give me the food. 
Jillian's was a big hit. The, uh, oh, the, the one huge. in Mission Park. Oh, fantastic. I've been going to Ocean City like every summer since I was like five years old. Oh. We really, I, who knew? Who knew? This is only interesting to us right now, by the I'm way. Surprised, I'm, surprised we didn't, I'm surprised we didn't run into the, uh, to the Lay Marie yeah. plan out there last summer. Okay, uh, here's, another, here's another travel question. I, I guess everybody's feeling cooped up, and, and they, want, they want answers to travel. If you had to pick one road game, this is from the 408 area code, if you had to pick one road game in this upcoming season that you would recommend fans to attend, which game would it be? Not necessarily the opponent, but for the city itself. So one road game, you're a fan, you got one road game that you get to go to, and we have to send them there. What's it going to be? I don't want to answer this one first. Mary Kay? Oh, gosh. Where are we even going again, Dan? Let's <laughs> see. Baltimore? <laughs> Dallas, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and then two New York trips for the Giants and the Jets. All right. Well, that's an easy one for me. I'm going to New York. I'm sorry. Two trips to New York. I love New York City. I think hopefully by then it'll be safe and sound to go there. And I'm a city girl. I love a big hustle and bustle of the city. I love everything about it. I love Broadway. Uh, so. I would recommend New York City. Uh, technically, it's New Jersey, but it is, you know, just a quick little train ride. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're going to play in the Meadowlands, <laughs> you definitely get into the city. Right. I mean, I don't know if everybody's been to Nashville if you live in Ohio, but, I mean, if you haven't, I like going to cities that when you go, it's like, this is different, right? And so just to be in Nashville and get to walk up and down whatever the street is there and every restaurant has like three musicians playing in it who might be superstars one day and they're just trying to make it right now my daughter and i went on a trip there um in november and it's like we're just like eating chicken fingers in some random place and we're not even on the good music floor because there were no seats there we're like on the second music floor and like the guy playing was like the greatest musician i ever heard in my life and he was the 114th best musician on that street that day so uh, it's right there i know you know there are times the, the browns play the titans sometimes but if you've never been it's a great little trip it's true it's, it's uh it's broadway and uh my, i remember my first time there i was blown away because saturday night on broadway is like just packed and it's like bar restaurant cowboy hat store and bar restaurant cowboy boot store and it, it's it's great and for Browns games, the Browns backers travel to those games like crazy, uh, the, the game in Nashville. It's not that long of a drive or a flight, however you want to get there. Um, it's a good trip. Uh, let's see, of those, of those that are left, I'm not going to recommend Jacksonville. I will recommend <laughs> a division city. I think Baltimore is a good trip. It's a good mm -hmm. place. You go to the harbor and get some crab cakes. It's a nice place to spend a, a Saturday night into a Sunday uh, I think Baltimore within the division is a, is a good trip. So those are, I mean, those are probably a top three, you know, Dallas, you're not really in Dallas, right? That stadium is, is sort of outside of there. So, and I've actually never been there, Doug, you have, I know that. Oh yeah. You got to go to the book depository and eat barbecue, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Baltimore is a fun trip. Uh, obviously the crab cakes are amazing. There's a uh, Fells point, uh, you know, you can take a water taxi, the restaurants are great. The bars are good. It's very walkable. So I always love going to Baltimore. 
And the bonus, at least in a normal year, that trip is early in the season. So those early season trips to Baltimore are always uh, always good ones. But even in like December, it's, it's a good trip. Okay, that'll do it for our Texter Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Appreciate everybody that wrote in and asked us questions about football and not football as well. Sign up for Football Insider if you want to get involved. Make sure you're subscribed to us as well. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and as always, I don't think any of you actually do this, but you should start. Leave us good ratings and good reviews. Uh, as well when you subscribe. So for Doug and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.